Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. This is West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence. You'll have big fish. Well, you'll have several big fish to run pretty close to 10 pounds. This vehicle's actually been rolled over more than once. I'll try not to add to that legacy today, if you don't mind. Most of your blood trail dogs, for the most part, they're dash hounds, wiener dogs. Some people use labs. Some people use pit bulls. But for the most part, on leash is a wiener dog. West Virginia's only outdoor radio show, proudly presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails. With over 600 miles of ATV trails located in the rich mountains of southern West Virginia. And now, here's West Virginia's voice of the outdoors, Chris Lawrence. And good morning, y'all. Welcome in to another edition of West Virginia Outdoors, hook and bullet radio for the Mountain State, the state's only hunting and fishing radio show. I'm kind of proud of that. Glad to have you along wherever you might be this morning and listening in on uh, many of our great radio stations all across the state, or if you're listening in via the Internet from Parts Unknown, streaming at WVMetroNews.com and also streaming on several of our affiliate stations' websites. You can hear us about anywhere if you're really interested in uh, in tuning into the program, and I'm grateful to those of you who do every week. Coming up a little bit later on in the show today, my sons and I took a pheasant hunt together uh, back in January up at Hunting Hills in uh, Dillner, Pennsylvania. And it was a lot of fun, and I had the tape recorder along, and you're going to hear uh, how that went. Because anytime you get together with your boys and go hunting, regardless of what you're hunting and whether you even do any good, it's still a great time. And I wanted to share the enjoyment of that outing with you. And it was uh, we were successful as well, so uh, you'll get to hear that. That's going to be in the latter half of the show. Ahead of that, though, we've got some serious business to discuss this morning. Because, and we have talked about this at great length over the last few years, or last few months, as it has become a bigger and bigger issue, and that is the proposal to convert the New River Gorge National River in southern West Virginia into a national park. Now, what where that stands at this point is it would be converted into a national park preserve um, in the legislation as it is presently written. It originally was going to be a national park, and that was it, but it was because of sportsmen that that has at least been changed to a preserve. We've talked on this show with U.S. Senator Joe Manchin. We've had U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito, both of whom are backing this legislation, and today they will be um, speaking at Tamarack, and they will be hearing from the public because they've got a field hearing of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Commission. Manchin is a ranking member of that, and they'll both be there to talk more about this issue today. And we've talked at length about those who are advocating for it and uh, what they feel are the reasons that it ought to happen. What we've not been able to really pin down is those who are opposed to this idea, and there's a greater number of people that are opposed to this for a variety of reasons than you may realize. And we're going to talk about that today, at least in the first part of our program here. And I want to welcome in one of the most outspoken about this, and that is Larry Case, who is a columnist and outdoor reporter for the Beckley Register and Herald, an independent outdoor writer as well. How you doing, Larry? Good, Chris. Thanks for having us. And also, uh, Logan Bockrath, who is... Uh, Logan, where are you from? I was right down here in Fayetteville, a couple blocks away from Larry, Chris. All right. You live in Fayetteville, then. And the reason I had you guys on, Larry particularly, I think you have been sounding the clarion call with some of the writing you have done in the paper and that has been largely, uh, I, I guess, to surmise your feeling about it. Not one inch. You don't want to get. You don't want to see any land locked up that cannot be accessed for public hunting. Correct? Yes, sir. And again, thank you for having us, Chris. If I could boil it down for you, um, the the New River Gorge National River, as you know, formed in 1978. This idea uh, depended on the local people were told there would always be hunting. Hunting would always be allowed in the gorge here. And now, I guess, you know, somebody has a better idea. Uh, I'm in it. I have this stance because of the sportsman. I don't have to tell you. Access to public hunting land is extremely important. Our hunting numbers are dwindling. We've got to have a place for people to go hunting. I personally do not see the reason to close any of the area to hunting. We've never had a problem with hunters, hikers, bikers, whatever. And uh, we would stand to lose 
almost 5,000 acres of the New River Gorge would be made no hunting if this bill passes. A couple of weeks ago, I did the show from Stonewall Resort, and the reason I did was because there were a lot of national presenters there talking about R3. And if you're a regular listener, you know that is recruit, retain, and uh, and reactivate hunters and, and hunting license holders in this state and fishing as well. However, uh, like you said, Larry, if you can't access land, if, you know, not everybody's got a family farm to go hunt on. We're not all that fortunate. Uh, many, and, and you can't really go and knock on a farmer's door anymore because, number one, there aren't that many farmers left. And number two, they have also found, and it's starting to creep east, that they can also make a good bit of money by leasing it up. And suddenly, the the only alternative for a lot of people to hunt is public land. And like you said, we're about to, with this uh, decision, if it happens, shut down 5,000 acres in the New River Gorge that is currently available for public hunting. Logan, how did, how did you get a, uh, involved in this, and what is your role in trying to trying to point this out? Yeah, certainly. I uh, I live in the area and hunt in the gorge. Um, and when this first came up, uh, you know, I think we should say from the start, I want to speak for Larry as well, uh, this isn't a, necessarily a personal issue. We're friends and respect the other people on the other side that are lobbying for this bill. Um, they've done a lot for the area. But we do think that we're throwing an entire user group under the bus by uh, kicking out hunting out of the park. And one clarification I wanted to make on your intro there, Chris, uh, the original bill to make this just a national park didn't fail because of sportsmen. It failed because of the National Park Service. They wouldn't allow hunting in here, and that's that's when it went to a national park and preserve uh, model for the bill. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you're right, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I wasn't around at the time, but as I have looked back over the history of this, when Senator Byrd created the enabling legislation, it was actually one of his uh, stipulations that uh, the heritage of hunting and trapping be allowed in the park. And over the course of time, it had to be reviewed, I think, every five years, and at some point, uh, trapping was eliminated from that designation. And uh, like you said, if you look across the country, there are there is no hunting on any national park in the United States, with the exception of perhaps one or two that allow it in very controlled circumstances to reduce the population of something. But uh, the way the way the New River Gorge is now would not be the way it would be if this if this comes to pass. That's correct. And we're not only losing acreage per se. Uh, some of the areas they're eliminating that would become the national park would be uh, our waterfowl hunting areas. We don't have many of those here, you know, so it's not just taking away 4,385 acres. You're taking away one out of five local waterfowl hunting spots we have. Would it impact fishing, Larry, in any way? Have you heard? I, I think I have seen where it might not be as as a big an impact as it would on hunting the gorge, but fishing in some way would be impacted here. Well, my short answer is no, it's not really going to impact fishing to my knowledge fishing of course you know would still be allowed there's a sidebar issue here that may impact fishing we don't i don't know chris in that uh, some of us are wondering uh if we get new uh, uh if they change the status if we make part of these areas quote national park what's going to happen a lot of people see more stringent control from the Park Service, and this will mean, uh, could it be entrance fees to certain areas, use permits? Most of us can just go down and throw our raft or kayak in the river and float down the river now the way we want it to be. But as you well know, look at many of your western rivers that's on national parkland. That is not the case. So some of us see not just no hunting, but a lot of other things are going to creep in. It could affect fishing. I'm not sure. And I guess that's one of the reasons that you guys are trying to raise red flags. I assume you're going to be at that that hearing at Tamarack today, correct? Yes, sir. And it, and from what I understand, this is a field hearing, and there there will be opportunities for the public to to talk about things. The invitation that I saw, the poster, to my knowledge, says there will be a panel. I'm, I'm giving you my perception of what it's going to be. Uh, the senators can ask people on the, they'll be talking to whoever's on the panel. And when that is all over with, it says that the public will be allowed to make brief comments. All right. And that gets started. They're also be allowed to make written statements, uh, for up to two weeks that can be submitted to for the record at energy.senate.gov. 
Gov. Good deal. Uh, and that starts at 930 at Tamarack is uh, is where that's uh, going to be. Logan Bockrath and Larry Case are with me this morning, and we're talking about the proposal to change the designation of the New River Gorge National River to the New River Gorge National Park and Preserve. Guys, hang on. we got to take a break. We'll continue the discussion in a moment right after this. Whether you up your truck game with Ram 1500 or Ram 3500, at the Ram President's Day event, you'll be hailed as the new Chief of Trucks. And right now, financing at $11,250 in total values on the 2019 Ram 1500 Classic Bighorn Crew Cab. Financing for all qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Package values based on combined value of package items. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery from dealer stock by 3 2020 if you have a child who's a junior in high school in West Virginia or know someone that does, please listen up. Metro News is giving away a full scholarship to West Virginia Wesleyan College. That includes room, board, tuition, and fees. The 13th Annual West Virginia Scholar Program is presented by ZMM Architects and Engineers and West Virginia Farm Bureau. Deadline is April 17th. For details, go to WVMetroNews.com to apply. That's WVMetroNews.com. Again, application deadline is April 17th. This is West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trail System on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. What's the easy way to combine the sport of hunting and a law firm? In the same commercial, the law firm is the Peyton Law Firm, Tom and Harvey. The hunting means driving to Boone County or Clay, Jackson, Lincoln, or Fayette County. Driving means that a not-paying-attention driver could crash into you, and that means getting Tom and Harvey to get you the compensation you deserve. The Peyton Law Firm, online at PeytonLawFirm.com. The WCHS Network is your new radio home for the NCAA Basketball Tournament. 580 WCHS and Charleston's ESPN 1490 will feature the Big 12, Big Each, SEC, and ACC Conference Championships. Then it's time to dance. The WCHS Network is your exclusive radio home for the NCAA Tournament, Final Four, and College Basketball Championship. Games can be heard on 580 WCHS and ESPN 1490. Check the broadcast schedule at wchsnetwork.com slash sports. The WCHS Sports Network brings you the best in Major League Baseball. 580 WCHS has been the home of the Cincinnati Reds for over half a century. Plus, weekday afternoon Reds games, the best Major League matchups, the All-Star Game playoffs, and the World Series can all be heard on ESPN 106.7 and 1490. Check game times and coverage anytime. Find our broadcast schedule at wchsnetwork.com slash sports. Major League Baseball coverage is part of the WCHS News Network. Hi, Jim Bohannon here. Join me for the next Bohannon Show, and we'll have all kinds of great stories for you to talk about and think about. Top stories of the day, certainly if it's in the headlines, we'll be covering it. But we also do some fun things, sports, entertainment, you name it. Uh, we might even go back to a topic we had a lot of fun with, could the toilet paper hang over the front or the back of the roll. But whatever we cover, your calls are welcome. We'll see you on the next Bohannon Show here. Tonight at 10 on 96.5, 104.5, and 580 WCHS. West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence, Saturday at 7 a.m. and Sunday at 5 p.m. Presented by the Peyton Law Firm, Harvey and Tom, protecting your rights online at PeytonLawFirm.com. Aussie Oak Swamp Bottom Dew Drop Falling. Old Tom answer in a hoot house calling. Welcome back to West Virginia Outdoors. Chris Lawrence with you. Coming up, we're going to go pheasant hunting at the Hunting Hills Shooting Preserve up in Pennsylvania. Uh, Took a trip with my sons, and I think you'll enjoy the dog work and the shotgun work and the camaraderie that we uh, that we enjoyed up there. It'll be a, a lot of fun. We'll have that coming up a little bit later on. But first off this morning, some important business to talk about, particularly for for hunters. And and uh, and I'm joined this morning by Larry Case, who's a columnist and reporter uh, with the Beckley Register Herald, and also uh, has done some extensive writing about this issue. And Logan Bockrath, who is from Fayetteville and is one of those who hunts the New River Gorge and is concerned about it. And I'll, Larry, I'll, I'll, I'll put this to you because I was reading one of your columns the other day. Uh, when people look at this issue and go, well, what do I care? I don't hunt the New River Gorge. Do whatever you want to with it. That's the wrong attitude to have about this if you're a sportsman, isn't it? In, in my opinion, yes, Chris. Um, this, this is a hunter access issue. And one of the things I write about, if you've ever read it, you know, we're either going to 
hang together or we're going to hang separately. I didn't. I wish I could take credit for that, but I can't. Um, that was Pat, that was Patrick Henry, by the way. If you're, yeah, if you're yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'll, I'll make some notes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a hunter access issue. Okay, this affects hunters all over the country. This public land, Chris, and I know you know this, like national forest, a wildlife management area, or you know whatever. Same here in the New River Gorge. It's 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 national public land. It belongs to you. It belongs to me. It belongs to Logan. It belongs to the guy in Colorado. Okay, and we we've got to hang together on keeping uh, access to public land. That's that's my opinion. Well, and not just access, but access for for everybody. Not you. You can't just say, "Well, we're going to have it for everybody except hunters." I mean, that's. That 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 is derailing what it has been for years, and it is derailing the people that are literally paying the freight on conservation and wildlife in this country. Yes, sir, I agree, and we don't see. I'll, I think Logan agrees. I don't see the reason to change it from what it is. That's what a lot of local people, I think, are saying. It's been fine for the past forty years. We don't have any issues with hunters, hikers, bikers, and climbers that I know of. And uh, I think people that don't want it try to make an issue of that and, uh, you know, leave it like it is. That That's one of my thoughts. Logan, this is not the only place in the country that this battle has been fought. Certainly we're not reinventing the wheel here as they're trying to do this. But uh, this has been a bigger issue out in the western United States, and there's an organization that you guys are, are beginning to form a chapter here in West Virginia. You haven't done it yet, but I think you're trying to affiliate yourself with the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, which is a group that ha- has been in this fight in other places, isn't it? That's right, Chris. Uh, they're based out of Montana, but they have chapters in, uh, I believe, 46 states now and some uh, British pro- or some Canadian provinces. And so, yeah, we'll be an official chapter come June. And this, and that's one of the things that they specialize in is 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 hunter access to public land, right? That's right. That's right. This is a bit more of a unique uh, situation here than there isn't. We're not trying to. They're not trying to take away public land in general. Um, this one, it, it's no secret that uh, the local rafting companies were the ones to lobby for this in the hopes that a national park status would bring more tourists to give a nice boost to their industry. Um, when, in fact, all the small businesses in Fayetteville are, are, seem to be thriving now. Um, and so it's not quite the same because they're not necessarily trying to uh, eliminate public land. We're just, they're just going to be eliminating hunter access. I think about that, and I, I, I don't know that I can dispute what they're saying, that a national park designation would bring more tourists in. Uh, at least the data that they have produced to support their position seems to show that's the case. Can you all say with any definity that it wouldn't? Uh, well, those studies uh, that they've linked to and referenced were in regards to some national monuments out west, um, which you know they later admitted, some of the uh, senator staffers admitted they, it wasn't necessarily an apples and apples comparison. Um, but here's the bigger question. Uh, say it does increase the traffic by 10%. This doesn't necessarily mean that we'll get more funding for the park to repair the infrastructure that needs repair. Um, can we handle 10% more? And here's the thing. There's not one of us that doesn't want to see all the businesses, including the rafting businesses, do well. Um, it's just a matter of this designation change doesn't add any real value to the user. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't change their experience at all. All it does is change a name and eliminate hunters from the equation. I'm a realist. When I cover these things, I've covered stuff like this before, and when when I look at the landscape of this particular issue, who's behind it, who's pushing it, who's advocating, and weigh the opposition, this just seems to me like something that's going to be an uphill battle for sportsmen here to keep this at, at the status quo. Uh, it, that's going to be a hard I – mean, I, I just don't see this not happening in some form. Yeah, well, whenever you have two sitting senators uh, going for the bill, you know, that's that's obviously an uphill battle. Um, we just want to remind them of the reasons that the park was started in the first place, that hunting, fishing, and trapping, those traditional usages would be there. And uh, 
Yeah, uh, Chris, uh, I just want to get this in. You hit on something right there, very important. Hunters, we're so passionate about what we do. We, we want to continue. We have a grand tradition. We have a culture of it, if you will. But when it comes to something like this, what you brought up, trying to organize and get hunters together about something, it is like herding cats. Oh, you're right. And yeah. I, 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 I've written about that a lot. I do not know why that is. But, you know, we can't agree if the sun's going to come up tomorrow, which is to our detriment. But hunters have got to get on this, uh, you know, if we're to be successful at all. And um, it's a hard thing to do to organize hunters about something. One of the things that I have heard, Larry and, 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 and Logan, is as this has evolved, and I certainly have not been as close to it as you have, Larry, but there, I, I hear everybody saying that the parts of the that will become national park if you look at the map, the parts that will become the national park where hunting will not be allowed, that that's largely right now off limits to hunting. How much are we talking about of a net here beyond what is currently disallowed from hunting? How many more acres are going to be added to that part which would become the national park versus the preserve where from what I'm what we are told would stay the same as it is? Uh, I'm sure somebody's looked at that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's completely incorrect. Um, so when they first came about with this uh, bill for a park and preserve, they came away with two alternatives. Alternative one involved uh, no net loss of hunting access. The national park would be a little over 1,800 acres. Alternative two uh, involves a loss, and this is the bill, the alternative they went for with the bill, involves a loss of 4,385 acres. You know, so that's a, that's a substantial amount. Um, added to which, you know, the most recent maps, which uh, I'm not sure if you've seen those, uh, the National Park Service went in and they listed all kinds of private property that's adjacent to the park in which they have zero jurisdiction as off-limits to hunting. Yeah, I don't see how they're going to pull that off. Yeah, and so if we had all of those private property owners showing up to the meeting, I think the senators would hear a different story. Yeah, have they have they indicated how they plan to... Uh... Tell somebody on their own property in West Virginia they can't hunt? Because I'd love to listen in on that conversation when they have it. Exactly. And then they also uh, labeled off-limits to hunting any area within uh, 150 yards of the 500-foot firearm buffer rule that we have as a, as a state DNR. Um, that doesn't apply to bow hunting. But in the most recent maps, they went through and listed all of those off-limits to hunting. And and, and added to which, on the New River Gorge National Park website, they have very detailed topo maps of all the no hunting safety zones, and uh, the two don't match up. The other thing that I have heard from advocates of this plan, and that uh, w with what you said, the four thousand and some five thousand acres, whatever it is, that will that is currently allowed for hunting that will be disallowed that it is steep and rocky and nobody can hunt that anyway and it's not really conducive to hunting. Well, I might not be able to hunt it, but there are people who do, and, and that's not really the point, is it? Well, no, that's not the point. It's access in general. But furthermore, it is steep, but it's also one of the most unique and amazing multi-day hunting trips we have in the East Coast. The, the float down via raft, camp there on the river, hunt the valleys and hollers, and then at its wish, there are all kinds of old logging and coal roads uh, that are pretty damn flat hiking throughout the whole gorge. Chris, one of the things I tell people when, when they bring that up, and yes, that has been used to discount this from hunting. Right. And you, you know this, bud. This is West Virginia, okay? We don't hunt a lot of flat ground here. <laughs> There's lots of people around here like Logan that you never hear from. They hunt the gorge. They've got somewhere they go and park. They've got their place, and they can drop in there, and, you know, it's their hunting ground. And, no, it's not all. It's not like Iowa, but how much uh, flat land is there in West Virginia to begin with. That, that's not a valid point to say it's too steep to hunt. 
Very, very good points you're making, and I've, I'm glad that you guys came on today to talk about this because I've been wanting to find somebody that that is trying to organize some opposition to this or at least is trying to, to, to at least point out that not everybody is on board with this idea and that uh, it may not be as rosy as we're led to believe in some cases. So uh, we got yeah, to... Right, one, one last thing I would like to add is... The senators initially, when the bill came out, proposed that they, they uh, asked the sportsmen's groups about this, West Virginia Bow Hunters Association, Bear Hunters, and a handful of other ones. The bill they proposed involved no hunting loss in the Nerva Gorge. And so for the senators to come forward and say that they had sportsman support uh, is incorrect. And the more this project has gone on and more people in town have realized that uh, all of the promises they initially made were somewhat empty and that there very well could be user fees, entrance fees, and river fees. Uh, the more people you see in town that aren't even hunters are becoming opposed to this. Yeah, I remember when that happened. They had that meeting with just the sportsman's user groups, and it, and it seemed as they came away from there that they learned a little and they were going to implement what was said. So you're saying that that is not necessarily what the ultimate outcome here was, and I'm sure that'll be talked about today. Guys, we're just about out of time this morning, but Logan Bockwith with, and, uh, and Larry Case are my guests this morning. And guys, uh, keep up the good fight. And, um, real quick, what, any final remarks? No, we just appreciate you having us on. Uh, this is a sportsman's issue. If you, if you feel, uh, strongly about keeping public land access for hunters, then you need to come to this meeting at Tamarack. It's very important, the write-in campaign afterwards, the 20 days or whatever. People that can't make it can write into the Senators. Good deal. Guys, that'll do it. Y'all have a good one. Thank Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back right after this. Great news. Hatfield-McCoy Trail System 2020 permits are now on sale. If you're like me, you'll want to get on the trails early this year and make the most of your trail time and your annual trail permit. With over 700 miles of challenging runs, you've got a lot of ground to cover. So don't wait. Get your 2020 resident permit for only $26.50 online at trailsheaven.com or at a Hatfield-McCoy retailer and ride all year long on the best trails in the USA. Does spring fever have you feeling under the weather? Sick and tired of winter blues? Escape to the birthplace of rivers, Pocahontas County, West Virginia. With eight different headwaters, there are endless fishing spots to set and cast your line. Come fly fish on the Cranberry and Williams. Or let your kids cast a line along the Greenbrier. Our rivers range from white cap to lazy flowing waters. So get your waders, reels, and lines. It's time to find your spring fishing retreats here in nature's mountain playground. Pocahontas County, West Virginia. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trail System on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. The Peyton Law Firm, Tom and Harvey, remind you that hunting is a good way to cement father-son relationships. And fathers should always remind sons of all the safety rules. Point the gun away from people. Hunt with a partner. Wear blaze orange. However, hunting accidents do happen, as they do every day on the highway. If a careless driver breaks the rules and hits you, call Tom and Harvey. They'll hunt down the offender and get just compensation for you. Peyton Law Firm, online at PeytonLawFirm.com. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On Monday's edition of the show, we'll recap a busy sports weekend with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Chef Paul Smith will be here at 4.06. Kristen Burt has Hollywood Dirt at 4.30. And Cara Lee, the former NFL All-Pro defensive back, joins me at 5. Plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out, and our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. Danny Jones on 580 Live. In appellate court. Tell me what you're talking about in, in, in a less insulting way. Okay, okay. As I continue my career. If you haven't, you're with the Democrats on that one, aren't you? I'm with the reason, I'm with the small business on that. Not Democrats, small business. I'm with I'm with the Mercer County small business. I'm with the Clay County small business. And I'm with the Berkeley County small business. Weekday mornings at 9 on The Voice of Charleston. 580 WCHS. 
Traveling today isn't as simple as it used to be. Take notes Saturday afternoons at 1 with Rudy Max's World with the Carries. This contemporary and fast-paced travel advice show will provide you with the tips and tricks to travel like a pro. Prepare yourself with America's top travel radio show for relevant travel news and straightforward trip planning advice. America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World, Saturday afternoons at 1 on The Voice of Charleston, 104.5, 96.5, and 580 WCHS. The Military Veterans Talk Show, Front Lines of Freedom, Sunday afternoons at 3 on 580 WCHS. I ain't much for talking. But he means every word he says And that color on his arms and neck ain't from no tanning bed Welcome back everybody to a special edition of West Virginia Outdoors. I say special because this is a, a pretty personal hunt to me. We've, uh, If you've listened to this show over the 25 years I've done it, you've watched and heard my boys grow up. But it's been a while since they've grown up that they've been on the show with me, but... But back, but back by popular demand, I got Travis. What's going on, man? Oh, uh, cold. Cold. <laughs> the sun's out and it's seventy-five degrees. How can you be cold, man? Yeah. <laughs> You've never had a normal hunting trip with me in your life. You've always been on the radio or had your picture taken, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hank's with us too, but we have posted him way down at the other end of the field. We'll talk to him coming up in a few moments. We're at the Hunting Hills uh, Shooting Preserve and. Right near Dillner, Pennsylvania, just north of Morgantown, and it's uh, it's the radio debut as well for my grandson, Bub. Bub, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. That's excellent. You you excited about this hunt? Yeah. Excited to be on the radio, I'm sure. A little bit. A little more excited than your dad, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we are uh, actually pheasant hunting today here at Hunting Hills, and just by luck of the draw, we showed up. And, and an old friend of the show turns out to be our guy, Dave Trubin, former member of the Natural Resources Commission, Morgantown area uh, resident, and, and a long time, you're a long time listener, first time caller, aren't you? Absolutely. Oh, no, I've called in before. Oh, yeah. But I give a different name. <laughs> yeah, with well, that voice, everybody knows who you are. Man. Now, you're, you're running the, the dogs here today are, for, for our party. Are, tell me about these dogs. I, I saw you've got one pointer which everybody would expect but you've got a lab yeah. are we, are we going to run into some waterfowl while we're out here too or? you know believe it or not uh, last year we did shoot a rooster went down on a pond over there and a real good thing we had lucy with us so yeah lucy's the lab she's a three-year-old lab lucy's a flusher and but she stays in real close we keep her healed up she'll stay within 20 30 yards of us and she kind of cleans up the the pointing dog will run a little bit bigger and he's out there searching for birds. If he finds a bird and he'll point the bird, then we'll use Lucy to flush a bird. It's much safer that way than me flushing a bird. And uh, she's a much stronger retriever yeah. than the than the setter. But uh, they work pretty good in common. They're both young dogs. Uh, Rocco's two years old. He's out of uh, North Carolina, Western North Carolina. And uh, Lucy's out of Charlotte. North Carolina, and uh, she's an English lab, and the the setter is an English uh, setter. Mm -hmm. So you, it makes sense. You got a pointer and a retriever. Those right. are the two things you need when you're hunting these birds. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> especially if you get a crippled bird or bird goes down a long way. She's such a strong retriever. She'll mark that bird. If you notice those first birds we got into, those birds went down way in the woods. You know, mm -hmm. 100, 150 yard retrieve. And uh, she does a really good job. We don't lose many birds with her. And uh, she finds birds. You know, she'll, mm -hmm. she'll find birds and put them up on her own. How, how, uh, how long have you been working with those dogs? You said they're a two-year-old, but how do you get them started? And what, at what age do you get them out here? And well, I started with bird dogs. I got my first bird dog when I was 14 years old, and I'm 68 years old now. So I've had bird dogs my whole life. Uh, I, I start with them from the time they're a puppy. That, that when they're uh, 10 weeks old, their brain is, is uh, matured enough that uh, th they can learn at that point. And you start with simple things like, come here. That's most important, come here. And uh, you go from that, I'll play, you know, just like retrieve with a ball of socks in the house with them. And then go from that to yard work. And then if you notice, when he starts working a bird, I'll tell him, whoa. And, and and he associates whoa with birds and mm -hmm. and uh, he'll 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 pull up but but uh, he's come along for a two year old dog he's really come along they they really don't hit their prime till they're about four years old mm -hmm. and at four years old uh, they do good Lucy is probably the lab has probably had maybe fifteen hundred birds shot over her so she's three years old going on ten mm -hmm. uh, Rocco this puppy 
He's probably seen 150 this year, you know, so this is his first year hunting. As you can hear in the background, the dogs are antsy. Trav's walking around, looking around like, are we going to just stand here and talk or are we going to hunt? So why don't you turn the dogs loose and let's get going let's here. Let's go. All right. We're at one end of the field here. We posted Hank on the other end. There they go. Let's go. Show them point. Got a point. Nice shot. Nice shot. Here, Rocco. You got that one. No doubt that one's gone. Pegged that one. All right, it took us about a few minutes to get through that, that thicket, Dave. We didn't blow, blow any of the thicket. They were all in these fields out to the left here. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, we are at Hunting Hills Shooting Preserve, hunting pheasants with uh, Dave Trubin and my boys, Hank, and my grandson, Bub. And I introduced you earlier, but, but but I didn't get to talk to you. You were at the other end. Hank is here. What's up, man? What's going on? Don't act like you don't want to talk, man. You, Travis talked, so you got to. <laughs> turning and burning today. We'll come back with more from Hunting Hills in just a moment. Does spring fever have you feeling under the weather? Sick and tired of winter blues? Escape to the birthplace of Rivers, Pocahontas County, West Virginia. With eight different headwaters located in Pocahontas County, there are endless fishing spots to sit and cast your line. From fly fishing the Cranberry and Williams to letting the kids cast a line along the Greenbrier. Our rivers range from whitecap streams to lazy flowing waters. So get out those waders, reels, and lines. It's time to find your spring fishing retreat here in nature's mountain playground. Pocahontas County, West Virginia. If you have a child who is a junior in high school in West Virginia or knows someone that does, please listen up. Metro News is giving away a full scholarship to West Virginia Wesleyan College. The scholarship includes room, board, tuition, and fees. The 13th Annual West Virginia Scholar Program is presented by ZMM Architects and Engineers and West Virginia Farm Bureau. Application deadline is April 17th. For details, go to wvmetronews.com to apply. That's wvmetronews.com. It's West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. Subscription required. See website for full details and important safety information. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4 slash joy. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face conversations to get your prescription. Hems connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hems makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hems, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hems.com slash joy. That's 4hems.com slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash joy. It doesn't matter whether it's spring, summer, fall, or winter, sports are always in season on Charleston's ESPN Radio. Charleston's ESPN is the radio home of college football and basketball, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. Champions are made on Charleston's ESPN with the college football playoffs, the World Series, and the NBA Championship. Sports 24 hours a day, powered by the worldwide leader, Charleston's ESPN, 106.7 and 1490, part of the WCHS News Network. Hey, this is Todd Judy, and we're proud to be the title sponsor of the St. Jude Radiothon, February 27th and 28th. We urge you to join the mission to find cures for life-threatening childhood diseases. Every dollar you pledge goes to research and the St. Jude patient families who never receive a bill for treatment, housing, or food. Our dealership family is very proud to be a part of this. The St. Jude Radiothon, February 27th and 28th. Join us, Todd Judy Ford, in helping to make a difference. West Virginia Outdoors brought to you locally by Rodney Roffles and Sun Contract, West Virginia's demolition experts. A hundred fishing and loving every day. That's the prayer this country boy prays. Thank God he made me this way. 
Welcome back to West Virginia Outdoors. We're hunting today near Dillner, Pennsylvania, Hunting Hills Shooting Preserve. Our guide, Dave Trubin from Morgantown area. If you want to come to Hunting Hills, it's what, 20 minutes north of Morgantown, Dave? 20 minutes from Morgantown over here, yes. Right off the uh, Kirby exit, uh, second exit into Pennsylvania, or you can come down uh, Route 100 uh, and, and get, that's the way I come. Through Fort Martin? Through Fort there. Martin, yeah. and they paved the Fort Martin Road, so it's pretty nice road now so but yeah it's 20 minutes out of morgantown we've moved now to a different area we're going back the other direction and it's sort of a mix of terrain here we've got a lot of that switchgrass you, we were talking about earlier that's planted but you've also got some some thickets growing up on each, either side with a little woodland around these are cut cut back borders if you notice we hinge cut this see how those trees are cut about four foot off the ground mm -hmm. well we'll cut them when they're green and bend and they bend over and then when they bend over, they'll still green up for a couple years, and it makes like a really nice canopy. It's really good cover, and uh, it, it's good protection from uh, hawks and owls, and uh, that's probably the, the biggest predator we have to deal with over here are hawks and owls. And so those, those cutback borders. Then we have a lot of, here Rocco, we have a lot of uh, strips of autumn olive. That strip we just hunted over there is a strip of autumn olive. And uh, it, it's an invasive, but it, it holds birds. And, uh, and but as you notice here, we got cutback border this side, cutback border, big woods, and then switchgrass in the middle. Ideal habitat. Ideal habitat for rabbits, a lot of rabbits, and uh, great bird cover. Now, obviously, these are pen-raised birds we're hunting, correct? Correct. Talk a little bit about that. They're uh, they're pen-raised birds, but they're the pen they're raised in is a long flight pen. So these these birds are flight conditioned. Uh, some places where you go, it's uh, they raise their own birds in a small pen where the birds don't have an opportunity to fly. But these birds are raised in a long. As you notice, they get up. These birds get up like wild roosters. And uh, this is as near to wild rooster hunting as you're going to get. It's uh, because of the, the, the way the property's laid out, the habitat, the cover, and uh, the quality of the bird. And uh, the birds we're hunting are actually uh, called blueback Michigan birds. I'll show you the back on one. You can see the, the black tint to the feathers on its back. But they're very strong flyers and uh, good birds, good birds to hunt. And, of course, they like to run. A, a rooster's first line of defense is his feet. And uh, they will run. That's why the first couple passes we made, we put a, a blocker out on the end like they do in South Dakota. South Dakota, they just line up and drive them, you know, because... Mm -hmm. And they, they use flushing dogs like Lucy to put the birds in the air. But now we're just hunting them. And hopefully, you know, we'll get some just to sit down we'll get some good points and then flush them off the point we'll talk a little bit about south dakota because obviously when you're talking about ringneck pheasants i mean that's what everybody that's the first thing comes to everybody's mind but truly even in south dakota those are those are largely farm-raised birds as well aren't they a lot of them are yeah it's it's hard to sustain the numbers of birds they kill up there you know and I, i've heard different uh rocco here Different as the number of birds, like if they kill like 100,000 this year, then next year they stock like 150,000. Or, uh, but they turn them loose in the, I think in the spring up there, and uh, so the birds have a, they're on the ground long enough to, they're wild birds, you know. Feral, <laughs> they go feral. Feral, I guess they yeah, to be a feral bird. Yeah, feral bird. But you mentioned the the, the, the predation problem and. and Certainly here in the east with the, the number of hawks and owls we now have, coupled with bobcats and coyotes and everything else, I'm, I, it's a wonder that these things last week to week. Oh, I'm telling you, they, they take a beating. Uh, yeah, we feed a lot of predators, I'm sure. <laughs> Lucy, back. Try to keep her in close because I say she's going to put the bird, he's going to put a bird in here. Rocco, he's on point. Get ready, get ready. There you go. Nice shot. Nice shot. Fetch it up loose. Nice shot. Fetch it up loose. 
Who got that one? I think it's a group after. <laughs> Let's, just, geez, <laughs> Let's just move on. Let's just move on. Here, Rocco. Here. I was going to say, uh, with your dogs, Rocco's finesse. Yeah. Lucy's a, Lucy is just a barroom brawler. <laughs> yeah, she, she blasts through that brush. There it goes. Nice shot. Nice shot. Nice shot. Good job waiting on it to come out into the open there, too. Absolutely. That, was a, that would have been a tough shot in those trees, but you let it get out and you Absolutely. got it. Absolutely. Bring it here, Lucy. Here she comes. Good girl, Lucy. Fetch it up. Good girl. Sit. Sit. She's got to get it just right. Sit. The presentation's everything to Lucy. Sit. Plus, Sit. the wing's blinding her. Sit. Good girl. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's make a turn and we're gonna we'll hunt this woods around and and hunt that back and then we'll go to another part of the farm. Alright, I tell you what, we're gonna take our final break here. When we come back, I want to sit down and visit with the owner of Hunting Hills, Roy Sisler. He's a fantastic guy. He's got tons of stories to tell you about bird hunting and about how this place came to be. So we'll catch up with him in just a moment, right after this from Ram Trucks, made for those who stand apart. Whether you up your truck game with Ram 1500 or Ram 3500 at the Ram President's Day event, you'll be hailed as the new Chief of Trucks. And right now, financing at $11,250 in total values on the 2019 Ram 1500 Classic Bighorn Crew Cab. Financing for all qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Package values based on combined value of package items. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery from dealer stock by 3 2020 in West Virginia, wildlife is for everyone, and the West Virginia DNR works to keep it that way. Every year, West Virginia's Division of Natural Resources manages thousands of acres of public land and water, ensuring the future of our great natural resources in the mountain state. Our state is a haven for all species of wildlife, game and non-game, and draws thousands each year to enjoy our rich outdoor heritage. When you buy a hunting or fishing license or take a stroll in our forest to view wildlife, you're enjoying what the DNR has made possible. The West Virginia DNR, working to ensure wildlife is for everyone. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. In most cases, when you go hunting, you'll have to travel some distance to get to your favorite spot. Now, we know you'll be careful, but what about the distracted driver who slams into you, causing injuries and damage? You deserve compensation. You need the Peyton Law Firm. You need Tom and Harvey. Their research and over 60 years of experience mean a head start toward a successful ending. The Peyton Law Firm. Tom and Harvey. Online at PeytonLawFirm.com. Worried about paying for college? Metro News is proud to present the 13th Annual West Virginia Scholar Program, where one high school junior in West Virginia will win a full scholarship to West Virginia Wesleyan, including room, board, tuition, and fees. For details, go to WVMetroNews.com and click the Apply Now button. Deadline is April 17th. The 2020 West Virginia Scholar Program, presented by West Virginia Hospital Association and Friends of Cole. Go to WVMetroNews.com to apply today. Deadline is April 17th. Raise your space and science IQ every Sunday night with Planetary Radio on 580 WCHS. Planetary Radio visits with the scientists, astronauts, and space leaders with exciting perspectives on the exploration of our solar system and beyond. I'm Matt Kaplan. Join me, Bill Nye the Science Guy, and other Planetary Society colleagues as we travel the universe. That's Planetary Radio, Sunday nights at 9.30 on The Voice of Charleston, 580 WCHS and 96.5 FM. When the Kanawha Valley needs to know, they tune to 580 WCHS. As Officer Casto exited his car, he was immediately approached and attacked. It's clear that Jim Justice is an embarrassment on and off the court. This is an unjust bill, and I hope it doesn't turn into an unjust law. Award-winning coverage delivered around the clock from the area's only 24-hour newsroom. The Voice of Charleston is 96.5 FM, 580 AM, WCHS. West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence, Saturday at 7 a.m. and Sunday at 5 p.m. Presented by the Payton Law Firm, Harvey and Tom. Taking your rights online at PaytonLawFirm.com. Aussie Oaks won't bottom do drop falling. Old Tom answering a hoot house calling. Welcome back to West Virginia Outdoors. We've completed our hunt and uh, they've 
we're processing the birds and we've had lunch and the boys are out there shooting the breeze with uh, with Dave and we've had a fantastic day here but I wanted to take the opportunity to talk to Roy Sisler who's the proprietor and owner here at uh, at Hunting Hills. Roy we had a blast today thanks for having us in. Well thanks for coming here and I'm glad you enjoyed it. Tell me a little bit about how this place got its start. It looks like it started small and just evolved over time didn't it? We uh we started up at Lippincott with 300 acres, and it wasn't quite big enough for what we were looking at. And I found this place down here. It was an old, old strip mine, and it got a lot of flat country for it. And I ended up buying that in 1979. And uh, we kept developing and developing and went into warm season grasses. And uh, it really developed into a really good bird hunting country. And... Uh, I just kept, I started with a 24 by 26 building, and now I'm over 100 feet. I was training dogs for a number of years, and then bird bird hunting. But I knew with the sporting clay started in 87, you got to have some numbers. And uh, we built this four numbers. We have three sporting clay courses and uh, 17 stations in each one. And uh, we can handle numbers. You've got the five stands out here. They're probably the most challenging five stand I've ever been on in my life. There's there's uh, four, four or five five stands up through there. You can shoot 100 targets, and some of those targets are challenging. Youth shooting that goes on here as well. You, you bring a lot of kids into this sport. We have a program that is second to none, and I can say that they go to the state shoot and they go to the national shoot. We've had national winners. We've had we dominated the state shoot, and that's 250 shooters. That's a pretty big, but these are nice kids from fifth grade through college, and they have different divisions. Tell me a little bit about the the birds. Where do they come from? Who raises them? How does how, how do you how many do you put out here on the place? Uh, well, we uh, started in 1967. And I found this boy out, I called it Monotonga Game Farm, north of Harrisburg. And that, now that's three generations I've been dealing. I'm still dealing with them. It's 52 years with the same company. And I'll tell you, I've never been disappointed. They, and we, when I first negotiated with the great-grandfather, it was all roosters. He didn't want to go that route. He said, no, I, but we was only, you know, I think our first year was like 500 pheasants. And the guys that I had training their dogs and that, they wouldn't shoot a hen. On preserves, you can shoot hens and roosters. But I negotiated with him, and now 52 years later, some of these younger boys, they're wanting to throw some hens at me. But we've, you know, we, we go through a lot of birds here, a lot of birds. Well, I'll tell you what, I, this is the second year my boys and I have come up here. We made this a tradition to come up here and hunt with you because it's, it's just a fantastic place, and uh, the hospitality is wonderful. Your guides are awesome, and the facilities are just top shelf, and I couldn't be, couldn't be happier, and we really appreciate you having us in, and thanks so much for your time. Well, thank you, and uh, it's always fun when you can hunt with your family, and uh, you're making it a tradition. That's that's a good thing. Yeah, no question. Well, I appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, Roy Sisler, the owner here of Hunting Hills Shooting Preserve, Gilner, Pennsylvania. You can find them online. I'll share something on Facebook about them here in a little while, and you can check that out. And uh, thanks to uh, Dave Trubin, our guide today, who was fantastic with his dogs. Uh, one retriever and one setter that uh, you point one, and then you shoot them, and then the other one goes and gets it. That was a great combination. And so for, uh, for my sons, Travis and Hank, and my grandson, Bub, I'm Chris Lawrence. Y'all have a great week, everybody, in the West Virginia outdoors. FM Charleston and 104.5 Cross Lanes, West Virginia Radio Corporation Station. It's 8 o'clock. From ABC News, I'm Michelle Franzen. Nevada Democratic voters get their say today. The state with a more diverse base is set to caucus. Party officials say the computerized